0: Welcome to the Voice of Age Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Badgick-Smith, and in over a decade, I have helped to improve mental wellbeing of hundreds of older Australians. This podcast offers an authentic insight into wellbeing in late life, practical tips for those who support our elders, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person has a number of strengths that can be uncovered and promoted to help the older person achieve better mental well-being despite the changes in their health status. Hey, so today I wanted to talk about um, supporting elderly clients with multiple losses so regardless if your client lives in residential care or in in a home care setting the fact that they that they are your client suggests that they have level of support needs be it because of their physical health declining or you know they've had neurological episode they may have had a stroke or they've had heart attack or they're diagnosed with dementia suggests that their their lives are not the same as they were when they were in good health and it is common for people for elderly clients to experience multiple losses. So it might not be just the, the fact that they were diagnosed with a degenerative condition or they've had a fall and that they you know have been told that they're no longer able to walk independently or they've been diagnosed with dementia or they've lost their spouse. It is quite common that in late life, Elderly people experience multiple losses. So it could be the changes in their health, death of a loved one, loss of independence, not being able to drive anymore, you know, just generally declining physical health, changes in their finance, changes in their living environment. There's so many things that can happen. So I think that this is a very important topic to examine because we need to know in order to support someone, we need to know of the impact of the losses that has had on them their resilience, their ability to look after themselves both physically and emotionally and and I guess also spiritually, but to be able to acknowledge the journey that have gone on. So it's not necessarily all about doom and gloom or, you know, this thing has gone wrong and this thing has gone wrong and that you've had all these losses that have happened, but also look for opportunities for resilience and for strengths and and for what people have actually been able to, how they've been able to overcome obstacles in their lives. So we need to, to know the, the journey that has brought the client to you and often they'll share it with you verbally. So I think this is a really good opportunity where you can use your empathy skills to fully understand what has happened for your client and how The experiences have shaped them to be where they are today and how they see the support that they're receiving from you in light of all that. Do they have that lack of insight into the support that they require? Are they refusing to shower? Are they refusing to engage in services? Are they refusing to go out socially? And, you know, I know even before, you know, COVID times, Some people just didn't want to mix with others, didn't want to leave the comfort of their their bed, of their room, of their environment. And I just think, you know, the world to those people who have experienced multiple losses in late life can seem like a very scary place. So, you know, you're not just dealing with reluctance to engage in, in service, you're dealing with someone whose confidence perhaps has been shattered as well. And if they've experienced episode of incontinence or something be quite embarrassing, you know. And I know for a lot of people, they have that, that fear of leaving the comfort of the environment for the fear of well, where's the next toilet going to be? Will the taxi pick me up? Will this, you know, go according to how I think it will? There's, there's that lot of that stress and anxiety about not being able to control things like they used to before when they could just hop in a car, drive themselves, go to the shops, do what they needed to do and get back home. When you start relying on other people and when you, your, your body starts failing you, there are so many opportunities for mishaps and I think that for a lot of people not wanting to, to engage and do things and step outside of their comfort zone is justified because they feel safe where they are and being in a new environment, they feel unsafe. So the impact of grief on loss late life is really like, you know, lining up those dominoes and pushing one down. It it really has that flow on effect. And I think it's really important to acknowledge what is going on for the person. And the best way we can support them is by listening to them, listening to their needs, listening to their fears, and looking for opportunities where we can see their strengths to encourage them to move forward. Now, this is a lot easier said than done. And I think that we need to dig in a bit deeper as to what is going on for that person now recently i spoke with someone and often i speak to people whose loved ones experience multiple losses and one area that seemed, you know i'm particularly interested in is you know people with macular degeneration and and the loss of sight and how that really affects the person and the individual i know of you know, i've got a female client who's experienced a great deal of grieving Because of the changes in her eyesight. Her cognition is perfect, short term, long term. And so, you know, the changes in eyesight have changed her entire life. You know, knitting, doing artwork was totally different. And her ability to look after herself was, you know, really, really changed. So her life had changed forever. And those who supported her as well, the way that they supported her was quite quite different in a way as well. So, you know, I think that it's important to acknowledge that it's not just the, the loss of sight, it's also the loss of that, that current engagement and activities that the person has in their day-to-day life, as well as their future and, and activities that they can do going forward. So I think that it's important to see that, that segue and the connection between multiple losses in late life and the impact they have on the well-being of the older person and their, you know, and, and their resilience. So for some people, you know, they might have had a pre-existing mental health condition such as anxiety or depression that they managed well throughout their lives, you know, perhaps with their anxiety, they've engaged in, in social activities, they were in bushwalking, they went to their knitting groups, reading groups, they did a lot of baking, they did exercise to just really help to keep their anxiety at bay. And for some people, they may have actually developed a mental health condition because of the multiple losses that they've had from one thing to another that have really contributed to the quality of their lives. I think back on, on a client that I had who, you know, whose life changed overnight when she had a stroke, and she went from Being a carer for her husband whose physical health was declining. And now I remember her saying to me, you know, I was just thinking about the fact that his health was declining and how much longer can I care for him at home? And boom, overnight, she had a stroke and, you know, ended up in hospital and rehab and was deemed unable to return home because no one could look after her at home. I mean, she needed toys to get to toilet and from toilet. And so she ended up in residential care. And I just, You know, I'll never forget that initial meeting that I had with her when she was so distressed about what had happened and her quality of life because her life really changed forever overnight. And so, you know, dealing with those multiple losses was a huge task. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Enhancing Emotional Wellbeing in Late Life Workshop. This essential training is for anyone supporting older adults seeking practical strategies to reduce isolation and loneliness and help older adults make new and exciting as well as fulfilling moments. Find out more today from wisecare.com.au. But it wasn't all doom and gloom. Yes, you know, she did need support. Yes, she was unable to live at home. But once she actually moved into residential aged care setting, she was still able to really engage in those activities and take part in a number of programs that were done on site. It was not the journey that she ever could foresee herself being on, but it wasn't as terrible as she initially thought it would be and that she'd be stuck in a corner, not being able to, to engage. She was remarkable. She did her all her exercises every day really worked on functioning of her arms of her legs working on her mobility keeping herself mentally engaged making friendships taking part in everything that was involved and this is what I'm talking about is that you know even though the person might experience multiple losses that there is a way forward in their journey and that even though you know the, the course of their sale may have changed but that they're still that they're still paddling, that they're still going, and that they're still motivated to get up every day and achieve something. So we need to think about, I think what a lot of people get really stuck on is that, oh, you know, well, now I can't walk as much, or my memory is not as good, or, you know, now that I'm in nursing home, like I might as well be dead. I've heard, unfortunately, that too many times. And I know that You know, there's that big stigma associated with being in residential care or home care clients really avoiding that. And in reality, only about 5% of population moves into residential aged care. So it's not natural progression that all old people end up in in a nursing home. We need to look at ways and how we can actually help those clients set new goals and achieve new tasks that they want to do in their lives. With all those losses, with all those restrictions, what are they still able to do? It's really unrealistic to be sitting, you know, down with someone who fractured their hip and to be mapping out their next bushwalk, but, you know, looking at what they're still able to do. And, you know, there's a number of different opportunities how they can be engaged meaningfully within their restrictions. So if they were a keen gardener, how they can still do some gardening with their restrictions in raised garden beds or, you know, even having some... Plants in their room, or taking part in the group activity with gardening. If it's art and craft, it is. If it's about being part of men's group because they're not female, or if if it is about engaging in in pet therapy, and music, and reading, and so forth. I think we're very fortunate where we are right now. That you know, even people who have declining physical health, who have perhaps macular degeneration how they can still use technology and how, you know, just through the use of voice, how they can put on the radio, listen to talkback shows, which enriches their, their experiences, their ability to engage with others, keep up with current affairs, take part and have meaningful friendships and conversations. And I think that this is really an opportunity where we can shape the course of the activities which can make them feel like that they are meaningfully engaging and making decisions about their lives and about their day-to-day activities so the multiple losses that the older person experiences you know can't be avoided but you know I think it's 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 really important to acknowledge that this is not something like avoiding the elephant in the room that we can actually help people push past through that and look for opportunities where they can get involved now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the concept of swapping rather than stopping. And this is really important for people who've experienced setbacks with their health. So, rather than stopping exercise altogether, rather than stopping outings altogether, you know, if there's outbreaks of COVID, if there are setbacks in physical health, how can we swap activities to still keep people engaged rather than stopping everything completely? So, that might mean rather than being able to go out with their loved one, how can we replace that to be a video call, be a phone call? How can we keep people motivated and going rather than disengaged and disinterested? Because if we keep the person involved in the process and motivated and we use the secret recipe of engaging their strengths, you know, which I teach in my online workshops, and being able to craft their individualized short and long-term goals, despite the challenges that they've faced, we are likely to see improvement in their engagement. And if you see improvement in client engagement, they're more likely to have positive emotions and positive interactions and positive outlook on life and their, their confidence, because they are engaging in something that they like and they are doing things that bring them joy and that put you know a smile on their dials. So if they're able to do that, supporting those clients and giving them care and physical support can really improve their emotional well-being. And it's a lot easier to look after clients who are emotionally doing well and clients who are positive and have positive outlook on life. So if we can work together with them on identifying, you know, not just what they're Care plan identifies what their physical support needs are. You know, I don't need two people to help them shower, to walk, this and that. But what are they actually still able to do? And what are they still able to achieve? And in a number of those instances, what they're still able to do and still achieve is to connect with one another, to form friendships, to, to take part in activities, to take part in engagement with someone else, to share their journey, to be able to communicate with other residents, other clients other service users about their individual journey which will allow them opportunity to process their own grief and loss that they're going through and see a way forward now over the years i've seen so many people in residential settings creating new friendships making new goals achieving wonderful outcomes even though their physical health may have been declining and even though those people are no longer alive but it's the quality of the engagement the quality of their late life that really experienced that transformation i truly believe that you're never too old to dream another dream or to set another goal and through right level of support delivered in a timely manner we can really see that transformation of disengaged elderly with multiple losses To the ones where they are engaged, they are fulfilled, and that they are experiencing multiple opportunities to engage and build their resilience in how we can really transform that experience for the older person. And you know what? For you, it is a lot easier to support a client who is emotionally well, who is fulfilled, who is engaged who is mobilising, who is eating, who is interacting with others than the one who is disengaged. So I hope you find opportunities to identify those clients who are at risk, who might need additional help and support. And whilst you await that, support to arrive, to listen to the person, to listen to their level of support needs, to listen to their stories, to listen to their insights because it will give you opportunities to identify their strengths, identify their abilities, identify their preferences and their goals that will help them move forward in their lives. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Age Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release the next episode. By becoming a subscriber on over on your podcast app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to wisecare.com.au and check out my top downloaded resource, Five Facts About Me, which can drive better engagement with the elderly client regardless of your role in their lives. I'll see you at the next episode.